0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May 1971, the five-man electric band released their hit song, Sign, Sign, Everywhere a Sign. Maybe you've heard it. Life is full of signs, they sing. And it's true, isn't it? Construction signs as you travel down the Tacoma Dome. Signs directing you to where to go if you're in a hospital or an airport. Signs of winter weather, as we had in the past week's forecast. Signs are everywhere. Signs, of course, point you to something. That's sort of the point of the sign. Next rest stop, 23 miles. Food, gas, coffee. Next exit, road closed, and so forth. Signs do that kind of thing, don't they? John's gospel is also full of signs as well. In fact, that's one of John's favorite words for talking about miracles in gospel. Like at the wedding of Cana, for example, when Jesus changed the water into wine, John calls this the first of Jesus' signs that he did and accomplished. Now, in today's gospel reading, the sign isn't something that Jesus did in a miraculous form, like changing water into wine, but something that John says about him that Jesus will do as the gospel unfolds. Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. So there John the Baptist stands, by the Jordan River, and he's God's divine appointed sign, pointing his hearers, then, us today, to Jesus, the Lamb of God. That's John's calling, really, to be a big human sign, a mouthpiece, pointing to God's promises in Jesus a witness to testify to the truth that God has come in human flesh to save. And like all good signs, he draws our attention to the sign just long enough to get the message, and then and then he steps back and gets out of the way. A sign, after all, isn't just for itself. It doesn't exist to point to itself, but to something else or to someone else. So John later in other Gospels will say... I must decrease. Jesus must increase. Like the prophets before him, John is constantly speaking and pointing to Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer, God in human flesh, the one who has come to deliver God's promises to you and for you. If you ever see any medieval or Renaissance artwork, you'll often see John the Baptist doing just that, either as an infant or an adult, simply Pointing to Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But if you think about it for a few minutes, that's kind of a strange sign, isn't it? Really, what kind of sign is a lamb anyway? We might expect John to call God in human flesh something a bit more dramatic, maybe a bit more impressive a towering grizzly bear or a ferocious tiger. But a lamb? It sounds kind of, well, weak, doesn't it? Kind of lowly, kind of humble, ordinary, maybe even a little foolish. But that is exactly the point, of course. For this is how God works all the time. St. Paul reminds us this in Corinthians. Later on, a few chapters or so from where we read this morning, that God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. This is how God works in the small, ordinary, humble, lowly things. He was born in humility. He lived in humility. He died in humility on the cross and did all of this for you. His disciples, too? Well, they're no different. Fishermen, tax collectors, zealots, quite the motley yet lowly crew. You see, Jesus comes as one who is lowly, for us who are low in dead and sin, he comes in weakness to save us who are in weakness. He himself takes on and becomes our sin to save us from sin. Behold the Lamb of God, John declares, who takes away the sin of the world. Out of all the creatures in God's creation that John could have picked, it's no accident that John the Baptist calls Jesus the Lamb of God. For when God told Abraham, way back in Genesis, to go to Mount Moriah and sacrifice his only son Isaac, whom he loved, he promised that he would provide the sacrifice. And he did. A ram caught in the thicket, or a lamb, depending on your translation. And this points forward to Jesus, the Lamb of God, who would stand before John in the Jordan River. And there, God's Son, His only Son, whom He loved, the Begotten One, is sent to save you, because He loves you and wants to make you His children. In Exodus, when the people of Israel were set free from slavery in Egypt, God provided another Lamb, the Passover Lamb, or the Paschal, the suffering Lamb, they would eat its flesh in a holy meal of rescue. Its blood would cover the doorposts of the houses of Israel, and death would pass over them. And So John points to Jesus and tells them, and tells all of us, Behold your Passover lamb. He has given his flesh for you in a holy meal. He sheds his blood that death would pass over you, and unto him instead. Your slavery from sin is ended. You're no longer bound or imprisoned by death and sin and the devil. Instead, you are free. You are innocent. He has declared you holy and righteous. You are like him, pure and without any spot or blemish or any such thing. Just as the Lamb of God has made you to be in him. few centuries later when the prophet Isaiah foretold this coming Messiah, this Holy One of Israel we heard about in Isaiah 49, he would be called also the Suffering Servant and he would save Israel and all nations. And Isaiah declares these comforting words, that surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement, the punishment that brings us peace. By his wounds you are healed. For all we like sheep have gone astray, each one turning to our own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep before its shears, who is silent, so he opened not his mouth. And that's why John declares, when Jesus comes to the Jordan River, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And if you look at that little picture on that handout that I mentioned earlier in the service, a few things worth observing there. There's a few questions on there, too, that you can take home and reflect and meditate upon as well. But as you look at that picture that you received this morning, you'll see one particular artist's depiction of John's words from John 1.29. We know it's a picture of Jesus for a lot of reasons. One is because Jesus, of course, is the light of the world. The light no darkness can overcome. And you see that in the picture. It's not just a lamb, but it is the Lamb of God. Notice the blood-pierced wound where he's pierced for our transgressions. Notice how he dives into headlong into the darkness of our sin and death for you. See how the artist shows Jesus depicted as a brilliant, radiant, white, spotless lamb surrounded by the swirling and billowing encompassing darkness that envelops him on our behalf. Jesus, the Lamb of God, is entirely white and shining forth, except for that one spot, that crimson signpost of his blood shed for you, of his suffering for you, of his bearing all our sin and sorrow for you. There God provides his greater Isaac, sacrificed on the cross for you. There the Passover Lamb is sacrificed, and today we eat and drink his flesh and blood as he gives us. The suffering servant Has borne and continues to bear your griefs and sorrows. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And not only does he take it away, but he gives you something better in its place. He gives you his holiness, his purity, his righteousness, his blessing, his new creation, his love to be like John the Baptist telling others, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Come and see. Jesus baptizes us, you see, into his very death and resurrection. He makes us children of God. Jesus, the Lamb, feeds us with his own flesh and blood this day, and his streams of living water in the font flow over us in a cleansing flood. And he shepherds us here by his word. Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.